This is Jimmy Williams with Live a Life by Design, your Monday morning moments of motivation to help you have the best week possible. You know, our only goal here at Live a Life by Design is to help you live a bigger, better, and bolder you. And the way we do that is we like to bring you interesting topics. And this week, I have been honored to have one of the best guests that you could ever have on a podcast. This young professional is one that has brought a lot of benefit to our company. She has been a godsend since January of this year. She does an outstanding job on our marketing, administrative, and just any creative area of our company. I'd like to welcome this morning, Ashley Steve. Good morning, Ashley. You know, I probably blew you up a little bit there. I hope your head hadn't gotten so big that the microphone is bothering you. Their earphones don't fit. But (laughs) at the end of the day, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. So I'm really wanting to use you today as a resource because you're not typical. But I know you've been thinking about millennials because that's your age group. I want to ask a few questions today and help enlighten our audience as to how millennials think about certain areas of life. The first area I want to visit with you on is this, talking about careers. So we as professionals reach out and hire your generation, for example, and there's a lot of misunderstanding, misconstrued ways that millennials function. Tell me, why is it that millennials get such a bad rap in the marketplace? So to be completely honest, I think it's because we grew up with all this technology and the older generation's didn't grow up learning how to do all these things and millennials you know we always have our phones in our hands and we may not necessarily be on social media but it's pretty it's a pretty high chance that we are so I think that that's just kind of what gives us a bad rep is that people think we're just too involved in the internet and not the real world and we are missing that connection that real life connection I guess. Well I can tell you just from the six months that you and I have been interacting closely I've not found that to be true at all. I will tell you that I find you very engaging in the topics that I give you as a challenge in our company. And and there's not always easy ways to find solutions, but you seem to be very resourceful. Now, what approach do you think you take as a young professional that gives you that sense of moving forward and progress in your areas of your career? Yeah, so I think that it's pretty common with most millennials, you know, about moving forward. We want to kind of break away from the old days, as you might say, and, you know, not saying that you're not a progressive person, but, you know, there's always... Wait a minute, are you saying saying I'm an old guy? Well, you know. Heard it first here, folks. You heard it right here. No, no, no. Um, No, I think that a lot of, right now, the professional world just is full of the older generations, like I said, that didn't grow up with all this technology and they're still stuck in paper land, and we want to move forward to be digital, you know, save the planet, things like that, and um, just kind of get things rolling, I guess. (laughs) I like your answer. So what she's really saying, folks, is I'm not old. I don't act old. And if you've listened to this podcast for any time whatsoever, you know I'm not old in my ideas. But I just hire great people, Ashley. That's all I know. You have the (laughs) A-team. Absolutely. So in terms of getting those creative uh, spurts and things of that nature, what would you attribute to your education or experience in life that that really keeps you motivated? So, um, you know, I grew up, my dad was in the military, so I learned a lot about work ethic and everything from him. So 
to me, going to work and doing your job, even if it's something that you don't like, if you know, if I was a cashier, it's still my job. I'm getting paid to do it, so I should be motivated to make that money um, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to help me live the life that I want. And so same thing, you know, and if you find something like what I've done with marketing and being able to be creative in what I'm doing and not just like a mindless page-turning job, um, that's even more motivation for me because I'm getting to do something that I enjoy doing while also just fulfilling my need to want to do a good job and, you know, make the company better. You know, one of the things that I've, I've taken pride in, and when we brought Ashley on board to, to add to our team, she brought a certain level of talent that we were really lacking. So if you look at the puzzle and you go, there's a couple of pieces missing, Ashley's fulfilling one of those large pieces, pieces that we need in our puzzle in terms of having that understanding from the perspective of the younger professionals. So in our company, I'm the oldest, uh, as that goes, but then we have some ladies that are in their their 40s, and, and now here you are in your 20s. And uh, tell me how, and there's no harm here, you can say anything you wish, but tell me how you feel about your input to the success of our team's goals uh, from the perspective you bring. Yeah, so um, like I kind of said before, millennials, we're always on social media, and we kind of understand how to work through that realm of reaching out to people and advertising. And so we know what people want and what's eye-catching. And, um, I mean, you know, we have memes all over the Internet. So I'm not making memes for the company, but you get what I'm saying. We kind of know what catches the eye and what's going to keep people engaged. Whereas, I don't know, you get, I know none of you guys are boomers, but you get a boomer on the Internet, and they're probably not going to know what's funny or what's going to catch someone's eye while scrolling through Facebook. So. so so what you're saying is the boomers are on there looking for those sands belt slacks that stretch when they do and they grow. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. No. And, and, and so the thing I love about what you bring is a certain zest for creativity to our team. Uh, one of the things I've, char- I've charged you with is this. I said, look, I want you to make this role what you want it to be, and I just gave you the end results we want to achieve. How do you adapt and and mold your thinking to get those end results, even though they're coming from an old guy, uh, but you come up with some really great campaigns and some ideas. How do you reconcile that? You know, I don't know if I really have a good answer for that. I, you, I mean, you come to me with an idea, and as you're talking, I'm just like putting these things in, together in my mind. I'm a very imaginative person, and I always have been, and so it just kind of happens i don't really have a scientific answer for it so so you've heard her here folks first one it just happens i love that i love that i'm a natural (laughs) (laughs) i love that so let's talk just a little bit about what is it that's important to your generation Uh, i can tell you some things that are important to mine first of all i think we have a lot more in common between and among the age groups than we do different here in our country anyway and and you know we're listened to by 27 countries actually so some of the cultural issues may be different in terms of age group uh, but here in the united states i will say to you that we have a lot in common regarding uh, peace and respect for all people is that not something that really the millennial age group is seeking absolutely you know, recently we, we participated in a walk in our city to show unity among uh, the different uh, citizens of our city, regardless of background, age, race, whatever, it doesn't matter. And we had a very peaceful protest. Tell me how that made you feel as a contributor to that peace process as a millennial. I mean, it's just really empowering that um, you just get that sense of empowerment all through your body as you're marching down the streets and you know it's for a good cause and something that you 
believe in and you're passionate about and something that's just right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just is empowering. So one of the things I will say, I have daughters younger than you, Ashley, and, and not by much though, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I will tell you, they have the same feelings. They simply want us all to live in a world where everyone has opportunity. Everyone can take advantage of the greatness this country has to offer and also make it better not to use a tagline of any local presidential candidates, I've always felt our country is great. If you compare it to any other country on the map, but I do believe there's areas we could improve. Absolutely. And that's that's where I think your age group is really shining the leadership. So what areas would you improve today? If you could just wave your millennial wand and immediately fix some of those uh, issues in our country, what would they be? First and foremost, not even related to everything that's going on, but I would just make things equality, but equity as well. I mean, you have to have equity for things to really truly be equal. So that would just be across the board. Women, people of color, doesn't matter, your religion, everything should just, everyone should just be treated the same because we're all human at the end of the day. So that would be my magic wand. Everyone would think that way and everything I would hope would be great. Second, though, would be um, environmental things. I'm really, really passionate about, you know, zero waste or minimal waste and keeping things clean. And, you know, we went out and we picked up trash on the streets just this morning. And that's something that, again, kind of just makes you feel empowered because you're out there doing the right thing. So those would be my top two things. Very valid, uh, very valid ideas as well. So if, if, in fact, I said you had an issue that we could really address on professional development, what is it that you seek as a millennial to help you further the depth of your career, your confidence in your career, and per- perhaps even provide you even greater knowledge in your career that makes you feel accomplished? What is it that millennials seek in that realm? I really just think it's opportunity. A lot of times, you know, you hear about people who graduate college and they've been in school for their entire life training to do something and they have all this background from studying, but they don't have that real life experience. And so then they're not given the opportunity whenever they go out to find a job. And if they are given an opportunity, you know, it's like the bare minimum, you know, you're going to be delivering coffees to people and stuff like that. So... I think that just being able to be given the opportunity to go out there and step into a role just based off of what you do know and being able to learn from that um, would be better because that's that's one thing you always see on applications, you know, two to three years experience preferred or required. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I've been in school, but does that count as experience? They typically don't. Well, understood. And as a leader of people that I really empower to take their individual roles as a collective unit and make us better, and I hope you feel that, and and, and if you don't, I haven't done my job. But my point is, that's why we literally brought you in and thrust you in a role of, of action that's really integral to the success of our business, our communications and marketing time of this is just very important. And so let me know some things that you, now that you've been with us six months, let me know some things that you would say you'd like to change or make better or utilize in a different fashion that would let you do your job even more robustly. Are there any things that we could do to do that? I mean, I've told you before, if there are, I don't know about them yet. I'm learning as I go and Uh, The tools that I have available to me right now are working pretty great. And, you know, I'm finding new things. And I kind of 
we'll get an idea about something and so I'll look into it and a lot of times I'm good at finding the things that are free so those free resources which I feel maximize you know our returns on things so as of right now everything's going really great I appreciate it good good <laughs> well folks that you know Ashley is just very talented anyway but what I did is I literally believe in the fact that you must stretch a person's abilities to really find where they stand in terms of professional development, where we need to add some areas of expertise, perhaps. But in your case, you really came on board and has really been an energy source for us of just creating ideas. And I love that. So you've worked with me for six months. Give me a few words of what you think about how we function as a team. And there are no wrong answers. So just give me your honest opinions. What could we do better to give the millennial perspective even more opportunity, even more capability, and even more confidence to do what they need to do. Hmm. And folks, this were a video, you'd notice right now she's thinking hard, which I'm going to take as a positive that I have actually given her probably more than she could use or challenge herself. I know there's got to be something. Yeah. I just think for our specific... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Business. Yeah, our <laughs> company. company. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what we do. Um, I th I just think education for millennials would help to give them more because you know I talk to my friends and we don't learn anything about managing finances or investments or anything like that. We don't know anything about it unless they went to school for it. Um, so I think that education would be the one thing. That would really help our generation kind of move forward. Wonderful, wonderful. So let me ask you this. What is the hardest part of life to transition from education to career for your age group? So what, what's the biggest hurdle you feel like you have to overcome, maybe either internally or externally? Is it finances? Is it is it whatever? Just what are some of those things you have to jump, those hurdles? I really think the biggest one is going to be finances. Um, you know, you're in school and you're building up all this student loan debt and you might be working a waiting job or working at Walmart or something along those lines. And so you're not making a whole lot of money while you're in school and any money that you do have to maybe live off of could have possibly come from loans. So you're spending money on your money every time you buy something and you get out of school and now all of a sudden you have to start making these student loan payments and you know they're pretty good about making it income based and so you can kind of work with your budget a little bit but then you're spending the rest of your life paying off thousands of dollars in loans and you're getting a job that doesn't pay very well because you don't have experience and it's just it's kind of rough to get up on your feet and find a place to live and start saving for retirement because they always tell you start saving for retirement as soon as you can and it's like well as soon as I can might be when I'm 40 you yeah. know <laughs> wonder where you heard that from no <laughs> well I will say this too I think there's a place and there is room for educational reforms in terms of higher education we not from what is offering in the classroom I'm talking about how you fund it I do believe some of our clients that are doctors, for example, first-year medical doctors may come out of medical school after residency owing four and five hundred thousand dollars because of the time required to be successful in that field. It just requires so much education. 
you know, and at the end of the day, I don't care who you are. That is a lot of money facing you your first day of the job. Yeah, I mean, that's like a house. That's exactly <laughs> it. A very nice house, too, and, depending and on still, where you live. And you may not even have a house yet, so you have to add on to that. And it's just, it's very daunting. It is daunting. So one of the things I would like for us to talk about now is we've talked about that being a hurdle. Let's talk about some fears from your group. I'm going to give you five fears that came through a 2018 um a 2018 survey of millennials there's here's the top five and i want you to give me what you think is the number one fear now this is just fears of millennials and uh, these are modern and traditional so there's some other things mixed in here so i'm going to mention these in no order whatsoever mm -hmm. and you tell me which one's number one uh missing a flight having no wi-fi Fear of sending a text to the wrong person, phone running out of battery, and spiders. Oh. Which one would be the top five? So I was going to say spiders. <laughs> That's my number one fear. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. So 37% of the respondents chose that fear as their number one fear. What is with you people in arachnids? I guess I'm just a typical millennial after all. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, they're not, no, I can't even like look at pictures of them. They just creep me out. So I will say this. So I'm an old guy, but in the Boy Scouts, I taught reptiles merit badge. So I dealt with uh, snakes, uh, non-poisonous, of course. Mm -hmm. And I had a pet blue racer the whole four weeks I was teaching at scout camp. And, and it literally became a pet. Just stayed with me at all times. I'd wrap it around my neck. And it was about six feet long, something like that. But they're not very big in terms of circumference. They're not a very big snake. And, of course, they eat rodents and things that we don't need in our world. So they're very helpful for our ecology. So I'm the kind of guy. And on Facebook, people will post, oh, I killed this snake. And, and the only good snake's a dead snake. And I'm going, no. Don't, you know, we'll be overrun with rodents and pests, right? So... I got to be honest with you, there's very few spiders that bring the look of fear to someone's face as the tarantula. Uh -huh. But let me tell you, in scout camp, Ashley, we had a pet tarantula. You could hold him in your hand. He never hurt anyone. He'd climb up your arm. They are the most docile of arachnids until you scare them, right? Like anything else. So what I'm trying to say is, is that as, as a fear, how do you overcome a fear if you're a millennial and it's spiders? You know, in psychology in high school, they would talk about overcoming fears and phobias, and it would, my teacher referred to it as like flooding the gates, or opening the floodgates, so whenever she says that, I just imagine like, well, I'm just going to have to like sit in a pool full of spiders, I guess. <laughs> What, you're, you're close. So scientists have told us that the only way to overcome a fear is to have better understanding of the subject you fear. So the unknown is what most of us fear. So that's why people that don't know the different breeds of snake go out and they just kill every snake. And some of those are very, very good for our surrounding ecology. Now, we only have in the state of Oklahoma, the state we reside, only have four poisonous breeds of snake. And they're easy to spot. Rattlesnakes will let you know they've seen you, right? And they make a noise. Water moccasins will come after you because they have a white mouth. And they hiss a lot. And they're black on the outside. And you see them around water, hence the name, right? And there's a couple other breeds. Well, what I'm getting at is if it's not one of those poisonous ones, I'm always the guy, the old Boy Scout, that says, hey, don't kill it. So I've already got my fear subsiding because I handled one for four weeks. And i got to tell you a quick story of what you don't do, Ashley. Um, if your mother doesn't know that you've brought 
uh, a snake with you to the Friday night parents' night in Boy Scout camp, do not hug her with the snake around your neck. She let out a blood-curdling scream, scared the snake, by the way. He ran down my shirt, inside my shirt, and he's in my back, so my shirt's tucked in. He's trying to find a way to get out, and my mom's screaming, and I'm doing this dance that looks like the hoochie-coo in front of about 400 people, and my mother did not let me live that down for weeks. But So, so spiders, so of those five, tell me what you think the number two fear was, and I'll repeat them again. So, missing a flight, having no Wi-Fi, Fear of sending a text to the wrong person or phone running out of battery as the second fear. Well, I think I'm going to say texting the wrong person. <laughs> well, you're very, very close. Actually, phone running out of battery was 31% of the respondents. Well, all right. So, so far, millennials, for our listeners, they're afraid of spiders and their phone running out of battery. Now, why is your phone running out of battery such a big deal? So you have to think about it. Um... We grew up with these phones attached to our hips. They're like our lifeline. So we're stranded somewhere and our phone doesn't have battery. Well, not full. We don't know what we're supposed to do because we weren't taught how to use maps. <laughs> right. I, I love that. I love that. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Let me ask you, what do you think is the third item? And you've already mentioned it. The third fear. Is texting people that yeah. you weren't meant to text yet. Yeah. I so mean, what what's going on with that? Well, you know, I've done it before and... You know, back in junior high or high school when I wasn't the type of person that you should... My frontal lobe. I've told you about the frontal lobe. Yes, They're yes, not frontal developed. Lobe. You don't make good decisions. So, you know, <laughs> you're talking behind someone's back, let's say, and you accidentally text that person because that's on your mind. Your finger is just going and then you just accidentally send it to them. The fear that rushes through your body and the adrenaline and, like, dread of what's coming next is just... Ugh, just awful. <laughs> so, so I've got to tell you, I have done this on more than one occasion, as you can imagine. Because if whoever texts you last, you think, "Oh, I thought it was my wife," and I send back something. <laughs> I have actually sent to clients, um, "Hey, why don't we go out to dinner tonight? Let's go eat at Captain John's or whatever, you know, just uh, some restaurant." And they'll text me back and say, "Well, we have plans tonight." And I'll go, "We have plans tonight." And then finally, I look and go, "Oh my word, I've sent that." <laughs> So then I have to apologize in text, you know. And the, the funny thing about that is it doesn't really bother me that bad as a, as a fear. It's just, it just makes me feel inadequate that I did something like that. The number four uh, fear is missing a flight. What is it with you guys that can't make another flight? I mean, come on. There's nothing big. It's not life or death, right? I don't know. I always show up to the airport like way too early <laughs> because I'm always afraid of missing flights. But I've never missed one, so... I've at least got that going for me. <laughs> so, so I don't want to dwell on all of these too too much, but I'm going to give you the remaining the remaining uh, you know five of these. This is pretty hilarious, though. Twenty four percent of you have a fear of heights. Do you have that fear as well? Uh, no, not really. I don't like falling, but I'm not afraid of being up high. Yeah, you can look down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bees and wasps. Mm, yeah, no. Don't like those either, huh? Nope. Right up there with spiders, I guess. Okay. How about missing a train? Now, that's not a big issue in Oklahoma, but in New York, I will tell you, you can see them pacing. Yeah. When I'm on the uh, the stand waiting for the train to come and the one's just taken off, you can just see them rub their head. They get, they're pacing. It's upset they missed a train. I didn't realize that till I read this. Deep water seems to be a fear. Okay. I and then social situations. Let's take a, just a moment and discuss that, though. Why, why is it that millennials would feel fearful in social situations? Because the way I see it, you are social, but you're social in a different way. So you're not in direct contact. You're in the electronics. Yep. Tell uh, me what about that. 
that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, we're, we're social on social media and we text people, but we don't have that face-to-face -face encounter as much as you used to back in the old days. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I'm just really socially awkward. I mean, once I get to know people, obviously, I've, you've known me now for six months, and so you might not think, wow, she's really awkward, but I am so awkward. Like my hand gestures whenever I'm talking to people and... I get, I have a tendency, I don't really stay quiet, I get um, too comfortable, and that's how I kind of get awkward, and I just like overshare things, and it's just a big mess, and it's like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? <laughs> Folks, um, she's being too harsh on herself, she is not awkward <laughs> in real life social situations, but she may think she is, but she's definitely not. I will say this though, that with the ability to use social media where you're not facing the person, so should you have... Uh, maybe an attitude issue it's something you're upset about something I've noticed that millennials tend to verbalize on social media about every aspect of what made them upset and sometimes it's toward another individual that maybe they wouldn't have used the same language should they been in front of them what's your thoughts on how to how to control that maybe a little bit better if I'm a millennial I think just thinking things through before you start typing them out just like really take a second just like you should think before you before you speak in person same thing think before you get your twitter fingers going and just calm yourself down I, some, i'll find myself typing something up and then i'm like no no i shouldn't say that so i'll just delete it or i'll go back later and try to type it but be a little nicer or more eloquent about it and it's just I think that that's really what it is, just taking the time to actually sit down and think about what you're saying before you put it out there on the Internet, because the Internet is forever. Absolutely. So I'm <laughs> going to recommend a book. You know, here at Compass Capital Management, one thing we do believe is education of our team, but on Live a Life by Design, we're going to help educate our audience. So there are some books available on our website at livealifeby.design. And you can look at some of these books that I encourage people to read that help give them some of these guidance, some of this you know, ability to overcome maybe some of these fears. And in helping overcome this one, there's a book called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. You can pick it up on our website. That book tells you before you make a harsh decision, count to five. Before you do anything that's going to take you out of just your normal relaxed mode of thinking, count to five and what she's really thinking there is is helping do just exactly what you said gain my bearing get my perspective back and maybe i'll come out of my frontal lobe with a little bit better <laughs> quality of conversation so that that's a very valid and a great comment now this last one was number 10 19 percent of the respondents indicated this was their fear and it's number 10 of having my photo taken from a bad angle what is up with that as a fear I mean, we got to keep our Instagram aesthetic going. <laughs> now, nobody wants to see a double chin. Come on, oh, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Well, i got to tell you, when I read that, I thought, are they being serious? And this actually is a serious questionnaire. It was, uh, it was done by uh, over 150,000 uh, respondents. And this is what the answers were. That's the top 10. And so at the end of the day, let's take care of those spiders, Ashley, and get rid of those issues, okay? Hey, Let's go to teamwork just for a minute. You know, we're a big team. How is it that teamwork for millennials seems to be a high priority, maybe even more so than in my generation? I think that we have found that um, whenever we band together and work together towards something that we're passionate about, you get more done that way. There's more volume about it as opposed to just going out by yourself. I think that's why millennials are really big on protesting. <laughs> we really like our protesting because we get out there, we get noticed. And we're working together as a team to make our cause known. 
So that's kind of what I think. So, so help me today educate our listeners because a lot of a lot of the people that listen to our Live a Life by Design podcast are entrepreneurs like myself that are looking for that great talent out there. I, as I always tell people, you know, we've been remotely working uh, before now for about six weeks. We worked remotely from our homes. And I made the comment many times on the Zoom meetings, I really don't care where you are. I need your brain here, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me, how does that make millennials feel that they can't be in the interaction at the office during these times? Do you feel it's more pressure on them to work from home, or do you feel they actually respond better? I think some of them might respond better. Um, a lot of times you'll find millennials that, there. I feel like there's two types of millennials. The millennials that want to go out and be active and do things and then the ones that just want to stay home and watch Netflix and play video games and things like that. So I think those ones that want to be at home probably are working way more effectively than the ones who want to go out and do things Um, just because that's where they're most comfortable and probably are the most relaxed. So, you know, you're relaxed and your brain is clear, your mind is clear, you're able to sit down and focus on something and get your work done but if you're getting antsy because you're inside and you're kind of getting that cabin fever going and you know I just want to leave I just want to get out of here you might not be able to stay as focused on your work as you should. You know in one of the areas that I've always enjoyed in working with millennials so I've, I've been involved in the state and national organizations for CPAs my primary background and we have some millennials that work with us on our team at say the AICPA our national organization And I have found that age group to be very, very vibrant in terms of their creativity, as you are. And I enjoy working with them. But I will say this. I have a difficult, maybe sometimes, communicating what I am trying to say to the point that your age professional understands really where I'm coming from. So I've got 35 years background, or 32 years of background here. I'm talking from, you've got six months. How can I be a better leader and communicator to help your age group really understand what we want it to look like when it's done? So I think that if you were to just sit down with us and walk us through everything step by step, not necessarily holding our hands, but more guiding us through what you want and what you want your end results to be, that would help us see. And then we can go through, we'll catch on to it. We'll know exactly what it is that you want. And then we'll be able to throw that millennial zest into it and kind of give it our little creative yeah, I like that. And and I'll be honest with you, as an employer, as, as someone that leads a team, I want that from your generation. And what I would say to you is I I believe employers like myself may have given the millennials a bad rap that, well, they don't want to come to work till 10 a.m. and they want to be on their phones all day and they're not really productive, but they want to grow in the salary and the benefits. And, all. and I don't think that's at all true from my experience of working with professionals like yourself and your age group what i have found though is is that we they are desiring at your age group to have a challenging career where you can make definite contributions of a great nature you want to be involved in your community where you can make differences there as well like you said earlier with your protests or whatever and they don't necessarily have to be protest i mean you can take causes for civic groups and make them better right so our local lions club is doing that we're having individuals your age employers pay for the dues so in other words empower that millennial to be involved and they are involved and usually some of the best ideas come out for civic involvement right and then the third thing we like for you to do is is we want to see someone that 
not just cares about their job, but cares about the entire team. So because remember, we either win as a team or we lose as a team. This isn't a solo sport like tennis, right? We're all on the same team. So saying that, if you had the opportunity, for example, to really bring what your talents are in creativity and marketing and and communication, what would you do differently going the next six months that you didn't do this six months besides not participate in COVID-19. You can't say that. <laughs> Nobody wants COVID-19. Uh, what would I do differently? I think I would just ask more questions. And, you know, I'm still learning a lot about this industry. Um, it's all new to me. So just ask more questions so that I can get a better understanding so that way I can help my creative juices flow a little bit better because I can have ideas and I'm like, oh, this is really cool, but is this allowed or is this okay or does this even make sense for what we're doing? Um, I think that that's what I would do differently for the coming six months. Right. I got just a couple more questions and I'm going to let you go. This has been very interesting to me and enlightening as well. I, I would like to ask this. There are some things that you do as a millennial far different than even the boomers or my group do, for example. And I would like to know, what are your thoughts on saving for the future? How do you really look at it when you're 25, 24, 26 years of age, and I'm 55? How do you look at that? So, for me personally, well, not so much anymore, but if you had asked me we'll say two or three years ago, saving for the future for me would have been more short-term rather than long-term. So I'm saying like futures in like five years, I need to get a house. And then maybe from there, future is saving for kids and then kids' education. And then retirement was kind of at the end of that uh, road for me, but now it's more saving for retirement, saving to get loans paid off and then start a family. It's all kind of in one big thing for me. Um, but I think it's probably different for every millennial. We've all got our own goals, whether they're short-term or long-term, but I think right now we're all just kind of keeping things close to us and we're not really thinking long-term. So. Right. You know, my dad is, uh, 80 years old and, uh, he's, uh, he always says, you know, long-term to him is about a week. So he doesn't, <laughs> at his age, he doesn't even buy green bananas. I mean, you know, I mean, at this point, he says, that's long-term for me. <laughs> Bad joke, anyway. Uh, real quickly, let me ask you a couple of things, too, and then we'll close this out. But millennials have a really great desire to be socially involved in the activities they really want to pursue outside their careers. And there was another survey performed that said that the things performed by millennials outside of their career where they like to spend time with family and friends. That's not unlike our generation, right? But they exercise, and they love to learn something new. I want to hone in on that. How do you, do you enjoy change in that respect and learning new things at all times? Oh, yeah, I love learning new things. Um, I, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I've picked up Duolingo to try to learn a new language. I may not have finished it all the way through, but I, it just keeps us engaged, and it's, not as monotonous as everyday life so you just want to pick something up and oh, I'm gonna learn something new today and then you have that knowledge that you can go and share with people in awkward social situations <laughs> so so let me talk about one of those awkward social situations so uh, you know as a leader I like to take our team out to eat a, a lunch at least once a week and we really don't talk a lot about work we just talk about life and and that's kind of I hope you found that to be the subjects we look at ha have you at any time been and you can be totally honest been ever embarrassed by my attempt to speak Spanish at some of the local Spanish restaurants? I, I've tried to learn that language. I'm not very bueno at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I don't think it's embarrassing. <laughs> I think it's I think it's good that you're making an effort to maybe make Spanish speakers' lives better. People who English is not their first language, they'll have a problems understanding us whenever we speak English. So you want to try to help them feel more included in the community and do your part to learn something new and understand their culture. Uh, absolutely. And I will tell you, I'm, I'm amazed by the Spanish speaking people. I think they're wonderful people. And I have been so thankful that most of these people that own the restaurants that I'm speaking the language to, they look at me like my little puppy dog used to when he didn't understand something, turn their head sideways. And then they'd bring me something I didn't even have in mind to order. I must have said something wrong. But anyway, <laughs> they're helping me, helping me. So last uh, last item I want to visit with you on is is one that I think is near and dear to all of us. If, in fact, you have a day, do you like to plan your day or do you like to see more spontaneity in your day as a millennial? I think a little bit of both. I like to, I, I'm a person, I like lists, I like knowing what's coming, which is why all this COVID stuff has got me just so anxious, because I don't know what's next in 2020 as a whole, like, what's what's the July episode? We don't know. Um, but I also like for things to be kind of spontaneous, you know, like, you're walking down the street, and I'm going to go down the street, and I'm going to walk into the office, oh, but look there, there's a dollar on the ground, that's pretty cool, you know, yeah. just something <laughs> like that, I like things, to, I like it to... Mix things up a little bit, but also not get too far from what I already know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You remind me of that talking, and I don't mean this in this respect, but in that talking dog in the show Up, uh, I'm a big Disney fan, <laughs> Pixar. You know, he's looking around, talking to him, and he's got this collar on. He's talking, talking. All of a sudden, he just turns and goes, squirrel. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I clearly understand that. So let me ask you a question. There's a young lady that has been a co-host on this show many times, and uh, her name's Lori. And uh, what one thing could you tell me that you have learned from Lori as much as you've been around her that you think Lori needs to change? Well, I don't think Lori needs to change at all, Jimmy. <laughs> she is perfect the way she is. <laughs> so let me talk about one of her habits. Uh, what about this social addiction to coffee? This lady runs on caffeine. Anything you want to offer her about that? Maybe a rehabilitation of some type? You know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> Well, folks, I've done it again. Uh, could you pass the salt and pepper for that shoe I put in my mouth just now? No. <laughs> hey, you have been a very gracious guest. Thank you so much for joining me today. And is there any parting words you'd like to leave all of our listeners about your age group as we get ready to close this episode? Just remember that millennials are not Gen Z. There's a difference. <laughs> big difference. Yeah, a big difference. I love that. She's gotten so much more mature, folks, just during this time we've been talking today. Hey, thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us. It's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to have you on. And thank you. She will be back for some future episodes, I can assure you, folks. I've got some content coming in my mind uh, that I want her uh, perspective on, and I appreciate you coming. Folks, it's been a wonderful time to spend with you. Now, the important thing I want you to take from this today as you listen to Living Life by Design is that we all bring different capabilities, different perspectives to our role within the organizations of which we perform our services and, and we work. And, and I always wanted to bring a very diverse team. And one thing about us at Compass Capital Management and Live Life by Design, we are a believer, as I said, that all people have value and can bring value to this process we call life. And at the end of the day, the real value they bring is the uniqueness behind their perspectives, their creativity, their experiences that they have had in their past that can help all of us understand better how others are having to live the life on this planet to their best that they can. 
Thank you for joining us today. And as I always say, the challenge this week is to go out and be more understanding, be more listening instead of talking. And lastly, if you could look up some of your friends that are maybe friends with your children and just talk with them and understand where they're coming from. And only through better understanding of others can we be a better people. Thank you for joining us today. This is Jimmy Williams and Ashley Steeb for Live Life by Design. Now, Ashley, at the end of the show, we always leave our guests with our tagline. And I'd like for you to help me today. So what do we do at the end of this show? We live a life by design. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. See you next week. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company. All rights reserved. Our recording engineer is Happy Design Company. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.